The pandemic has had a tremendous impact on sleep, insomnia, and anxiety. If you are suffering from sleep issues like half the world is, our sponsor, Real Sleep, has developed the world's first personalized sleep solution customized to you. Unlike prescription and over-the-counter sleep aids, their plant-based formula works with your body to get you to sleep faster, help you sleep deeper, and cut down on sleep disturbances. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the changing of the schedules, the different pandemic schedule, it's all messing up my sleep. And I really need to get a lot of things in order to get it right back on track. While sleep is solitary, you are not alone and Real Sleep is here to help. That's why we're teaming up with Real Sleep to give you 20% off your next purchase. Go to the link on our show notes and use the code POD to see why Real Sleep is the last sleep product you'll ever need. Welcome to another episode of the So-Called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. Today's episode is a little different. It's just me, Amari, hosting, but I'm joined by a very special guest who is also a very special friend of mine, Tari Kandamiri, uh, who is here to talk to you all and me about sports. Uh, I'll let Tari introduce herself soon because I could just babble on about her forever. Um, But for those of you who don't know, Tari and I host an ESPN ACC network show together during the women's lacrosse season called Sound On with Tari and Amari, which is pretty fucking awesome if you ask me. (laughs) Tari, thank you for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I mean, so guys, Tari does a million and two things. But Tari, can you just give a little bio of yourself and the incredible things you do? Yes. Um, where do I begin? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you all for having me. So excited to be on the pod and talking to you. I feel like, y'all, sometimes I just, I'm like, I need to tell Amari the random thing that happened to me today. And I just like whip out my phone and send her this long ass voicemail or, or voice message or whatever. Um, so thank you for always being an ear to listen to my madness. Of course. And thank you for letting me live vicariously through you. Listen, I'm not, not anymore. I'm, I'm calm. It is cold girl summer, not hot girl summer. Uh, but to give some more background, so I was born in Zimbabwe, in Harare, Zimbabwe. That's where my family is from. And then moved to the United States when I was seven. So I've been here for about 17 years, just about, um, maybe a little bit more than that. And, you know, I, I consider myself a woman of two cultures, have my Zimbabwean culture, have my American culture, and I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, my day job, I work for a consulting firm and I'm a management consultant in the data management practice. Um, so lots of t- typing, talking to people, making PowerPoints, doing all the things on the computers. But outside of that, I love lacrosse, love sports. And so have kind of built this like mini little media empire out of nowhere, um, dedicated to the sport of lacrosse and just, you know, how much I love it, how much I want other people to learn about it and to grow the game. And that involves our show with ESPN that involves coaching, um, for us across the governing body, their clinic series, um, involves, you know, going to different organizations, talking about the sport, writing, anything that I can do that's involving sports and, um, gaining exposure for the game. 
And then on top of that, <laughs> it's a job sandwich. Um, I also have a startup, Hama Beauty, and that is a platform that uses data science to recommend beauty and skincare products to consumers because, listen, we need to stop buying sunscreen that makes us look like ghosts this summer. End it, please. But I got you. My website will find the best sunscreen for your skin tone that will keep you safe. Um, and then I do a whole bunch of other stuff. I go on Pinterest a lot. Um, I have so many dating misadventures like more than you can definitely ever count and yeah just trying to live life man trying to navigate the madness that is the world and and find out where I fit in I hope everyone listening can now see why why I am in constant awe of Tari because not only is she doing everything but she does it so well I I do not kid you I think uh Tari was recently featured in this publication out of Atlanta and I put it up on Insta and my sister texted me. She's like, oh, Tari is just doing the thing. <laughs> We're just like both like, ah, my God, fangirling in our text messages over Tari. <laughs> Don't be having me too much. My, my head is literally going to get so big. As it should be. That's what I've been doing. Doing, doing the most in the best way possible. Um, <laughs> I always just followed you as official lax girl, you know, but me being the person I am was never like, let me go reach out or, you you know, just like, I'm just awkward. So I'm always, I always like myself out of reaching out to people. Um, and I'm so happy that we were able to connect because you have just become such a close friend so quickly. Um, but can you like, just talk about how you found your way to lacrosse? Cause I feel like that's such a random sport for black people. <laughs> yeah. So I, so in Zimbabwe, field hockey is the main, one of the main sports, field hockey, netball, soccer, all that good stuff. And so I played field hockey for like a day when I was little. And then I quit because my friends were in a different group. I was like, I don't like this. This is too much. I need to go home. Um, but then when I moved to the U.S. and started high school, I played field hockey my freshman year. And then my field hockey friends were like, hey, we play lacrosse in the spring, um, you know, to stay in shape for field hockey. I'm like, lacrosse? Okay, I've never heard of that, but sure, I'll show up. Like, why not? Whatever. I have nothing else to do aside from school. And show up the first day, and I was like, wait a minute. This is fun. Like, we run around. We have sticks. They're scoring. Yes, this is what I need to be doing. And I don't even know how to – like, it just was – I just – loved it so much from like the first jump and I wanted to get better and I wanted to learn more and I you know thinking about how I quit field hockey after a day when I was six to like you know playing a couple years in high school I I, I love field hockey and I think I had a great time playing it but lacrosse was just like a different level of connection to the sport um that I just I don't know I, I've just been able to keep up for you know almost 10 years 10 plus years and um my Twitter account that you mentioned and Instagram official lax girl so I would post all the time about our lacrosse games and how much fun I was having, how much I love my team, all this stuff. And I remember this kid, Bobby, on Facebook commented, he was like, you talk way too much about lacrosse. Like, no one cares. We don't want to hear it. And I'll What like, is it about the name Bobby? I feel like you're never going to say something good after Bobby. <laughs> Sorry to all the Bobbies if there's any listening. Yeah. I, Bobby, listen, I, I remember his face too. It's in my head. I'm grounded because Bobby told me I couldn't do it. Um... And so I just started this anonymous Twitter account and I was like, no one's going to know it's me. I don't care. Like I get to write whatever I want about lacrosse. And that, you know, random account that I started as a sophomore now has 18,500 followers and a show on ESP. Like, I just like have so many questions about you just started it for fun. But like, how did, how does that even balloon? Like, 
how did how did you process that? Like, cause I feel like you're watching it as it's happening. You're just like, I'm just sorry. I'm just like texting. I'm just tweeting about something I love. And yeah. it just kind of grew into this whole thing. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I, I, I remember being really pumped when I had a hundred followers and be like, this is so cool. Like, you know, trying to explain to my mom why a hundred followers were a lot. And I think what it really, the first peak was maybe senior of high school um, or junior year when when um, U.S. Lacrosse reached out to do a piece and a video. Mm-hmm. And then I had, you know, got my teammates involved, my coaches, my club coach, Coach Mark Mojo, who I adore, um, also got involved. My high school coach, like, that's when I, and I think I had around maybe 6,000, 7,000 followers. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, this is something, this is something big. This is something major. But even then, and even now, honestly, like, I'm just tweeting being myself. Mm-hmm. The voice that I had when I first started, with less cursing because young people follow me too. So I don't know, I don't be cursing like that anymore. But I just have always maintained my voice. And now I catch myself and I'm like, wait a minute. There's a lot of people reading this. <laughs> I'm gonna post it anyway, but I know they're gonna read this. <laughs> so yeah, I even now I don't think, I still can't believe we're on TV. Like, I don't think it's actually sunk in and I don't know if it ever will. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think it was actually funny because yesterday when I went to the the game for the ACC tournament, I was like, this is the first time I've actually interacted in person with lacrosse people since, (laughs) I mean, the pandemic, but also since we got on ESPN. Um, And it was just like weird to, to see like that connect in like person because half the time I'm like, we're just in our apartments, just like talking about lacrosse. It doesn't feel, I don't know. It's kind of feels fake to a certain extent <laughs> yeah you'd be like i guess i mean they're gonna take this video and put it somewhere it's like when my friend john saw us in planet fitness that was one of the like that's when i was like wait a minute this is real like this is happening you were saying you know just like using your voice to just talk about something you love but i wonder because i feel like a lot of people talk about um this connection of like finding their like personal voices through sports in general because i mean like one you you physically have to eat you have to talk a lot um but like for you is that do you think sports helped you just step into your own yeah i think so because i was bullied i know it's gonna be shocking for everyone who's seen my thirst traps on instagram (laughs) (laughs) breaking news they bullied me they bullied me because i was too pretty no um they actually did not say that but i think through sport i was able to establish my own lane and my own level of confidence. And, you know, I, I, I know and remember people back in the day thinking it was so weird to have this Twitter account and to like care so much about lacrosse and all these things, but that was my passion. And that passion has led me down a path of success for me that I, that I enjoy and that I nurtured myself for myself very mm-hmm. organically. So I think it helped me find confidence and my voice and find like the community that I was able to be part of and that I've been part of online has fostered that love for the sport and fostered that confidence and fostered that joy because I didn't have to worry about being alone in my passion for the sport. Other people had it too. Mm -hmm. So even if maybe people around me didn't understand, I still had my community. And in that sense, I was like, yo, I'm doing something cool. So I don't have to worry about what's going on outside. I think that's so interesting too, because I mean, I, I guess it could just be like, um, like in my hometown, everyone was just obsessed with lacrosse. So I feel like no one would have thought that was weird that you would be so passionate about the sport and, and you know, start a Twitter feed. Also, let's talk about the foresight because you're on Twitter 
really early. And I'm sure a lot of people wish they were on Twitter that early. Well, I've been on these Twitter sheets for so long. I remember when they- <laughs> I've been on Twitter for so long, y'all. <laughs> How you not tired? I, I would send like a thousand tweets a day. Like, if you think I tweet too much now, people, imagine when I didn't have a job. <laughs> wait, wait. I was like preteen unemployed. <laughs> was this like while you were in class? Like, were you? I'm like, I was tweeting everywhere. <laughs> it could be, what was that? I was tweeting about random shit. <laughs> and I was making memes. I was tweeting, making memes, bothering Rob Pinnell to pay attention to me because I loved him. And yeah, whatever, like all the things that you see them TikTok kids post, that was me, but on Twitter, not, not through video, more through like my typing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've been on Twitter for a long time. I would be in the Twitter nursing home by now if there was one. I love it. I love it. You're talking about how I was able to like foster a sense of community and, you know, kind of like being bullied at school. I think that was something I struggled too, was just like not necessarily feeling like I I fit in. Um, And even like when I played lacrosse, I didn't necessarily feel like I fit in 100%, but it was nice to feel like I was a part of a community. Um, And even the sport itself, I feel like I came from, I mean, you came from field hockey. I came from a tennis background, which I think unless you're playing doubles, it's a very isolated, individualized sport. And I really liked the idea of lacrosse and like it being a collective body that like we all had to work together in order for this to, to work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes people enjoy these like online platforms where we talk about the sport because it's collaborative in a sense, even if it's arguing about who the best player is or, you know, arguing about rules or whatever, like it's still community in a sense and you're still, collaborating coming together to discuss something you love all together Mm -hmm. so it's like being on a team but on the internet and you have thousands of teammates has it been weird for you to transition from being a player and just a fan of the sport to then being a voice in the sport and like having a lot of power (laughs) yes and the number one thing I've been thinking about this a lot I remember I tweeted something random. I, 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 I might have been talking about work. I might have been talking about a show. I don't even know. And people were texting someone else asking, like, yo, what happened in lacrosse? Tari tweeted this thing. And they're just like, yo, like, what did you write? Like, people are flipping out. I'm like, oh, I was just talking about the show. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the realization has come that my platform is very big and there are many moments where I just want to like tweet random shit and I do, but there are also moments where I'm like, I'm going to be responsible about what I put out there because people are looking, which might be a good thing. Keeps me out of jail, I guess, out of Twitter jail, whatever. But um, I think it's cool though, because I can look, I can read at the, through the ideas I had when I was 14 about so many things and compare that real time digitally to what I think now. And I see my growth. I see the way I've evolved. I see the way my understanding of not only the sport, but the world has evolved. It's like a diary, you know? And back then I had no filter and just wrote whatever I wanted. And even now to some extent, I don't filter myself, but yeah, I've seen myself grow through Twitter. And I think the most interesting thing, which maybe touches more on what you asked is I think I found feminism through sports and through Twitter. Like in high school, I remember the boys' lacrosse games cost $5, and they played at 7 under the lights. 
we cost our games cost three dollars. We played at um four or five. And something about that always rubbed me the wrong way, but I couldn't articulate like why do the boys games, why are they seen as more expensive and better? That don't make sense. So now listen, <laughs> and now that I have the vocabulary to articulate why those things are wrong, you can, like I will never shut up about that. I will never shut up about equality. Like and those are all things I discovered through playing sport and through Twitter and um, both from becoming a fan, going through that lesson of learning what all those things mean to now having a voice and being able to vocalize and say, like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to fix it. I think that's like just so important. Even I think even re- reflecting, we talk about this a lot in the podcast about like experiences we had growing up and not having the words to to describe or even articulate what was happening and now being an adult looking back on it having the words and being a full understanding of what was going on then and how we can you know try to add to the space and like change that or just make people more aware um yeah but also like the idea of that men's sports are more valuable than women's just because a man is playing them is like mind-boggling to me crazy all they're doing is sweating what else i'm like we got sweat Right. I mean, and I think it's, and I think it's so like for you, did you, had you seen a men's lacrosse game before you picked up women's lacrosse or did you just go to women's lacrosse? Just to women's. Yeah. Okay. So I'm also curious, like if for, for listeners who don't know men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse is, is, is pretty different. But you were also a fan of men, the men's game. So how did you start getting in that too? Because maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by saying this, but I've just like never been able to like get into the men's game as much as the women's. I understand. It all started with my love for Ralph now. <laughs> um, I think from a fan perspective at first, like I, when I first started playing, had been buying into the lie, no offense to all this, the damn lie that men's lacrosse is more entertaining and more fun to watch than women. It's a lie. They're lying to y'all. It's not true. Both can equally be as, like, they can be equally entertaining. And the more I played, the more I watched, the more I realized, like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I can enjoy watching both. I personally enjoy watching women's lacrosse more, not because I'm a woman, but because, like, they're doing magic out there. I'm sure the guys do magic as well. I've seen that. But I think women's lacrosse is just so electrifying, such a beautiful game of finesse. The stick skills are insane. Um... You know, and that's just a game that I love and enjoy watching the play and support. I also play men's lacrosse. I play indoor lacrosse with men. So that's like, for those listening, that's helmet, like full padding, gloves. Whereas the women's game, you just have your goggles and your stick, much less equipment. It's less, not less physical, but it's less like you're not getting hit as much. Playing both is really fun. Like, I think each version of the game is super fun. You know, the teammates are cool, all that. But um, I think we were lied to. A lot of people are told that men's across is more fun to watch. And I just don't think that's true. And um, now I, I, I realize that and I champion the women's game and I try to elevate the women's game as much as I can, because for so long, these amazing athletes were having the, the joy and celebration and jubilation they deserve taken away from them because society just made the assumption that men look men's across was better when that was not the fact. So I don't know what your question was. I kind of started. I can't even remember either, but um, <laughs> all that to say, all that to say, you know, I, like I said, I enjoy watching and I enjoy 
playing both and I got into men's lacrosse just because there wasn't an indoor women's league um, and I wanted to learn how to play box and I, I like playing lacrosse whenever I can. So if it's men's lacrosse pickup on a Wednesday, cool, I'm going to go. If it's women's lacrosse pickup on a Sunday, I'm going to go. But um, both are, are equally are, are fun to watch. I think the women's game right now is more electrifying for me and more enjoyable for me. But I also enjoy watching men's lacrosse because they're really good. There's great talent and it's enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I, I think women's lacrosse is just so electrifying that listen, people, if you're not watching it, you're missing out. Even to go back to, to what you're talking about, just like playing I, and maybe other people who are interested in sports too, can, can relate to this as players. I feel like it's so hard or maybe I'm just lazy. I don't know, but I feel like it's hard as an adult to keep up that level of not passion, but, um, that level of like dedication to the sport or even like trying, I think, you know, maybe it's easier with sports like tennis where you just need one other person. I'm trying to think of, or basketball where you could just, you know, go out and shoot on your own or like have a quick pickup game. But like, how do you keep, um, what am I trying to ask you? Like, I guess, why do you keep playing as an adult? And like, how do you, how do you fold that into your schedule? Cause again, you are a very busy person. How are you like, Oh, I think I'm going to play lacrosse today. You know, I just, for someone who's scared of bugs, I just like being outside y'all. I love the sun. I love to feel it. I just love like charging up in the sun and playing, getting my little Gatorade. I think that so much of my day is spent on a computer or on some device looking, typing, talking, trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to make this work? And sports to me are a way to like exert energy in a different way and to interact with different people and to just be out of your usual element. I'm very comfortable sitting on my computer typing and and doing my day job. Um, But I I always want to push myself to exercise and to compete. I, I think at my core is competition. I remember my first year of work, we took a, a skills test. It's like this big skills test. They make the whole firm take it when you join. And my number one skill um, or strength, strength, strength finders, strength finders test. My number one strength was competition. Mind you, this was an at work, like at the desk job, at the consulting firm. And so I think for me, competing is within me. And I like to compete in different ways. And playing sports allows me to continue nurturing that competition and not lose my passion for sport and for com- competition in general. I guess it's a related question, but not really. Um, and, and maybe you feel different differently about it. I don't know, but I feel like as I've gotten older, I've just become more aware of like the spaces too that I'm going into. Um, and having grown up in a predominantly white town, just being in predominantly white spaces, I think I'm more aware of when I re-enter them. And so, you know, you can be in, you know, certain spaces and it's welcoming, you can be in and it's not. So I'm wondering how do you, with lacrosse being a predominantly white space, how do you move in those spaces, I guess? And like, if there's any discomfort, like how do you still let the sport win over that discomfort, if that makes sense? Oh, that does, that does. I mean, it's a great question. So for college, I went to Sewanee University of the South, which is in Tennessee, small school in Tennessee. And um, I was the only black girl on the lacrosse team. My friend John, who I mentioned earlier for a year before he got injured, was the only black male on the men's lacrosse team. I can't say I fit into that team. Um, A lot of them were in the same sororities, you know, have the same people, went to the same private schools and high school. So I'm coming from Montgomery County, which is public school, really great place, love my upbringing, but much more diverse than where I ended up and 
that microcosm of a team. It was hard. Like my best friends were not on the team and I would be on a bus to Kentucky, literally God knows where Kentucky (laughs) and my friends are barbecuing at the, the all black frat house or like having a, you know, celebration at the Spanish house. And I'm, I'm on a bus. (laughs) We're like, we're going to eat Panera. Like we were Panera. Panera after every away game, Panera and Chipotle. Girl. And uh, what's the salad? Chopped salad. Oh, we weren't that fancy. You guys got chopped. I mean, you know, they did what they had to do. Like I said, they did what they had funding. But so again, in that moment, I didn't necessarily have the best understanding or could articulate what I was feeling while being on the team and feeling so isolated. But I realized now it was because there was no one like me. Mm-hmm. And when people have known each other for years or they have so many shared experiences and you don't have that, it's very difficult to like find your way into that. So I think that did make things hard. And, you know, I ended up leaving the lacrosse team my junior year of college. And partially that was to run a business because I started a business on campus. So I'm always trying to, trying to get my money up. So a hustler, like you just hustle. Um, launch an app for food delivery because we didn't have Uber or Postmates or whatever on campus. So we couldn't, you know, Uber Eats or Postmates food. So um, a couple classmates and I, two classmates and I made this app and I was like in charge of hiring, like paying people and all, all this stuff. It was ridiculous. Okay. I said hi. I said hustler, but I, I don't mean, I didn't mean that. Entrepreneur. Thank you. Like, either one. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm going on vacation regardless. Okay. <laughs> Earn my money for vacation. Portugal. I'm, if y'all, y'all follow me on Instagram, because when I'm in Portugal, <laughs> it's going to be another movie. level. <laughs> um, watch me just be asleep the whole time. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I left the team my junior year, and I think in part it was because I just didn't really have that. Like I didn't really have friends on the team. I want to be with my friends. Like, as soon as I realized, okay, college is only four years. My scholarship was four years. Y'all had to go. College is four years. You miss your friends. You're miserable. You're not having fun playing the sport you love. You're starting to, like, not enjoy playing the sport you love because you're not having fun on your team. I'm not trying to stay if I don't need to be. Um, And that was hard because, again, my online identity was all about lacrosse. And I remember being like, what are people going to think on Twitter? They're all going to unfollow me. Honestly, I don't think people really cared. I don't think they even knew why I went to school. They just knew I love lacrosse so much. And the cool thing was, like, when I came home, I would play in summer league with mm-hmm. amazing players. Um, or I'd play in spring league. And I would watch. Like, I'm such a student. I'm always watching lacrosse anyway. And so, and coaching. I would travel to coach. I was interning for an events company that held tournaments. So in all of that, even though I did leave the team, I never left lacrosse. And I think that was really important for me because, you know, my fear was I was going to lose all these things, all all these connections I'd made and this amazing platform I built for myself. But really, I think that showed me that lacrosse to me wasn't just about playing. It was enjoying the game, coaching, teaching, learning about it. It wasn't just being on a team. And so um, I still cherish the moments when I'm on a good team. If I'm playing with cool people, like I – value that so much because I understand the importance of that but lacrosse for me does also go beyond just being on the field and I think sometimes like we don't even think about that with sports too like all of the moving parts that go into it and all the different ways you can be involved I think we first see like oh player that's Mm -hmm. that's what it is but then it's like no you could coach you could be a part of an athletic department you could cover it for sports um 
And I think that that leads into the question of how have you been able to navigate and also branch out within the sport and do so many different things? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I think I've just been really lucky to have people that enjoy the things I have to say and enjoy the way I say things. I think I was at work. I'm very much like by the book, buttoned up, not buttoned up, but just by the book, like, you know, doing what I need to do, being professional, client facing, all that. Um, but my friends, like I'm sure, you know, and other people know, like I very much have lots of personality and I mm-hmm. express that in my tweets and my writing. Um, and it's cool that people have taken notice of that and will approach me with opportunities. You know, we, we see your passion about lacrosse. We see that you have your personal voice that you've established. We want you to, to highlight certain aspects of the game or to be part of certain platforms, things like that. So a lot of it really is just kind of serendipitous. It's, you know, it's come my way and I've taken advantage and then that person may recommend me to someone else or, you know, someone else may approach and say, Hey, I saw you on ESPN. I saw you write about X, Y, Z. Like we want you to come and and be part of this. Um, But yeah, I, you know, I I just think I'm so lucky that like I was already doing my own thing and then people are like, Ooh, we like this. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Just finding ESPN DMing us. Like (laughs) (laughs) literally, really. I was like, who is this? What are them on my email? <laughs> Am I being scammed? <laughs> are they going to steal my money? <laughs> They're going to give you money. Um, but yeah, so all kind of random and serendipitous. But I think it's so funny too, because again, Janae, Kia and I talk about this a lot, is that particularly at work, how our our um, coworkers will view us and it's always like, oh, she's quiet. Oh, like she just does her work in X, Y, and Z. And it's like, if you just ask my friends, like it's totally a different, a different story. Um, and we've done episodes about like being black and, and supposedly introverted at work because I think people will just assume that like, because you don't talk a lot or, or, or hang out with everyone, you're, you're introverted or you're standoffish. Um, but I, I think it's so interesting, the different parts of yourself that can like exist in different yeah. spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, when, when we're at work, I'm sure y'all can relate. Like if I'm at work, I'm there to do my job. Like I'm there to, the client is not paying money for me to be wild and out, but I will say, cause I'm sure someone listens like, but I know you. Um, <laughs> I was, I think I was talking to like a manager or, or someone, an advocate of mine at work, a mentor of mine. And, um, I'll respond to him back to him with gifts. So I'm like the Chrissy Teigen awkward gift or like, you know, Elmo on fire or something. So my personality definitely does come through in a lot of the things I do, but obviously it's different levels of personality and different people see different parts of you, like you said. So, um, but yeah, I'd be cutting up with them gifts though. (laughs) Thank you, Microsoft teams. (laughs) Gifts are I, I, I find myself sometimes thinking in gifts and also thinking in reels, which really worries me. Okay, I need to go back to your origin story. I should have asked this earlier, but I'm cur- I'm curious. What was your parents' reaction when you're like, mom, dad, I think I'm going to play lacrosse? What? <laughs> like they didn't, we don't have lacrosse in Zimbabwe. And so I think for them, it was like, cool. Like that's an activity for her. That's great. Keep Keeps her occupied. But like, they really, they were just vibing with me. Vibing all vibes do do you think they understand the sport because I feel like my parents over the years have gotten a lot better at understanding things but I remember in the beginning they were just screaming go Mario go like that's all they could say yeah I think they've gotten 
better over time and understand it better but they just know i love it and now you know it's so funny when our show is on um my dad will record like the whole thing on his phone like i got i got you the link i have the file it's okay but they just like want to get every piece of it and i think that's the coolest part and and what i love is you know my parents are always supportive there was never pressure to be any pressure to be really good at you know or (laughs) whatever level of good I'm, i'm not the best let me put that out there disclaimer i'm only famous because i'm funny not because of my skills <laughs> i don't want anybody to misinterpret that but um you know they've always been so supportive of, of me chasing whatever dream i have if it's business if it's school if it's you know whatever goal i have they're they're super um motivational and just cheering me on and you know cameras out ready to capture the moment to celebrate maybe i'm biased but my family my family's jamaican so i think it was always for me just fun when they came to to games because none of them had any clue what was going on but they would just be screaming and i think everyone else was entertained because they have like their jamaican accents and they're just like take her whatever whatever um but yeah i think by something that's just like a parent thing like they may not have any clue what you're doing but as long as you love it they're gonna support you yeah, if you love it, if it makes you happy, like then it, you know, as long as it's good, as long as it's positive and, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, now they love it because it's opened so many doors and um, obviously brings me a lot of joy. So lacrosse, I think to some people can feel so niche. It's really not. Um, it's it's an international sport, people, if no one knows that. Um, but I think so, like being in the community, being in lacrosse is so interesting for you personally, like on your experience, like what has it been like being a black woman in lacrosse and also like (laughs) one of the more notable faces? When I first started my account, I remember, or when I first started playing, not even just tweeting, remember I went to Dick's Sporting Goods and all the girls on all the posters were blonde. Mm. And in every magazine and every, pretty much everything I saw, it was always a blonde girl playing lacrosse. I think the first black woman I saw play was Taylor Thornton. Mm-hmm. Then Northwestern had someone else too, maybe. Um, and they might have been either her, her year or right after her. But when I saw Taylor Thornton, that's when I was like, oh, okay, you know, there are really good players that look like me. In Montgomery County, which is I said is, you know, pretty diverse, our best player was black. And so that wasn't strange to me. But as we started playing other teams, that's when I realized like, oh, okay, so maybe we don't we Black people don't necessarily play the sport. I don't really know where we stand. And so that in conjunction with what I saw in the photos obviously had an effect and, you know, kind of made me think like, oh, when I start my account, I don't want to put my face on there because people aren't going to think I look like the typical lacrosse player. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad to think. Like I was 14, which obviously already, you know, like I said, they were bullying me back in the day. So already I'm not having a good time. And now I'm like worried that I, you know, don't look like the, the typical lacrosse player. But actually the more my community has grown and the more people I've met, the more, and, and the more confident I've become and being secure in my identity and meeting so many other people, I realized there is power in being a black woman in lacrosse. Like there's power in other young black women, other people of color seeing my face and, and seeing my story and hearing how much I'm passionate about the game because they know someone else that looks just like them can succeed in this sport, whether on the field, off the field, wherever. And so I think that's the coolest part is like, I, I've seen this change in myself as an athlete and also as a person and becoming more confident in my identity and like love being black. You know, I mentioned I'm Zimbabwean, love my culture. Um, I think it's just high school was such a, already such a strange time and there's so many identities and, and things that you're trying to understand. So um, 
you know, being a black woman in lacrosse can be tough when people don't look like you, they don't sound like you, they don't have the same culture you do, but um, having pride in, in who you are as a person and, and staying strong in your sense of self, I think is so important and knowing that like, there are people cheering you on that look like you and some that don't look like you, uh, but that there's power just in being who you are. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not proud to say it, but I feel like when I was younger and I was confused, I very much leaned into this, like my tokenism uh, in being like the only black girl in certain spaces and thinking that that somehow kind of made me special, even though it didn't, it just meant I was a black girl in these white spaces um, and there was no one else. But it, I think when I was younger, I felt like more territorial, I guess, about lacrosse or like I was on the field. It, it kind of felt like there already feels like there isn't enough room for me. So if there's another black girl, it's like there can't, I felt like, like, you know, there can't be room for both of us. And I think it's so interesting looking back on that now and at like being the person I am and just thinking like, no, like, I don't know when a number, like no number will ever be enough for me. Like, I just need everyone to come in and just fill up these rooms and fill up these spaces. Um, And so like, what, what would you say, like, is your hope for, you know, women's lacrosse as a sport? Brian, I think it's interesting. Like your team being not as diverse and my team being really diverse. It's almost like your world got bigger as you played the sport more and traveled and saw more people in my world got smaller as I saw the sport more and saw more people. That's so true. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not me using my brain after five o'clock. Y'all gotta pay me for this. This is really- <laughs> uh, my hope for the, for the game. I think, I think we're just like on the most beautiful, happy path. You know, finally, Women's Across is starting to get the recognition it deserves. I want us on SportsCenter. I want us on ESPN, ESPN, ESPN2, ACC Network, ACC Network, Extra, CBS, Fox, every single network. I want Women's Across on there. Mm-hmm. I want a sustainable professional women's league. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm so hopeful, loving what Athletes Limited is doing now. And I, I'm pumped for this summer. Like, I can, I have a job that I can afford to fully support these athletes and like go to games and buy jerseys and all these things, um, you know, fully support this league as a fan. And yeah, I just think, you know, for a couple of years, for a long time, women's across has been in the shadows of the men, but we don't need that. Mm-hmm. We have phenomenal athletes, phenomenal players already that can stand on their own. And I'm so excited to just watch them do it. I feel like that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. Because it's just so nice. And like, we see it in all sports. Like we, we see it across the board. I think we saw it heightened recently with the um, women's basketball NCAA tournament and just like the disparities and how women athletes are treated versus male uh, men, um, men's athletes. And it's just kind of like, there is no need for this. And there's really no, like, it doesn't logically even make any sense. Oh, no. The NCAA is a nonprofit. So why did y'all give the girls dumbbells that look like dusty hot Cheetos and a, a towel for a yoga mat and one light? You gave them, you know, the spirally. You gave them the lights that they put in the janitor's closet and you said, that's a weight room. Disrespectful. <laughs> Disrespectful, but also ironically coming at a time where women's basketball is increasingly making more money. Yes. So- Instead of like, get it together. What are y'all doing? It was just a really confusing, confusing moment. Yes, but shout out to social media. I think the coolest thing is a lot of young athletes, young female athletes now, one, are just badass and so confident and know how to use their voice. Like we said, like 
they know social media. They know who to tag. They know who to talk to to get the attention on these things that they need to get on it. Um, and I want that to continue. Mm-hmm. I want that to continue because you cannot silence a movement. And these young athletes coming up, listen, it's, it's on. They're on some other... These are the Gen Zers? Yeah. Yeah. And as, as we've seen before, they, they know what's up yep. there. And I also... I love that too, though, that I think like, you know, I mean, obviously social media has its, has its pros and its cons, but I feel like for at least athletes, it's been, it's given them the opportunity to control their stories and like what they want to put out and kind of how they want to shape their narratives in these sports. And also I think it's kind of given them the power, like, um, I don't know, was it UNC? I think, I I don't, I think I'm messing up the school, but there's a, a school that the, the athletes are making like a media kind of company um, or like publication where they kind of control their stories. Um, and I think it also gives them a great opportunity to exercise their their storytelling skills in general. You know, like people think it's easy to write. People think it's easy to create. It's not. <laughs> nope. Retweet. And Amari knows because she is getting a master. <laughs> yeah. Almost done. Almost done. Champagne ready. I'm like, Still tired, but you're right. I was like talking to my therapist earlier about like, she's like, how are you going to celebrate? And I was telling her that I was thinking about treating myself to a nice dinner, but I should also treat myself to like a bottle of champagne. Yes. Yes. Champagne showers. Yes. Bubbly. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Hardworking, crushing it, always inspiring, always delivering. Tari. Thank you. <laughs> I got a good champagne in your honor too. Yes, please. Um, we can we can toast virtually. But thank you so much for for joining the so-called Oreos today. I hope, guys, this is our first episode that's talking about sports. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Um, and see you next time. Bye. Thank you for having me. <laughs>